Whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen, buddy He's got radioactive blood Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead Hey there Check. W- was he saying that? Check. 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 He was like, Hey, what kind of music you guys play? Hey, what kind of music you guys play? Uh, top 20s country. <laughs> 20s? No, top 20. <laughs> not, it's not the top country hits from the 20s. It's, it was. Didn't you know that? Those were the top 20. Oh, really? So 20s. I didn't realize I didn't okay. realize Daughtry and like Luke Bryan were all like rocking it in the roaring 20s. What? I guess that's why they called it the roaring 20s. Um, this is the You, Me, and Carol podcast. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're right. Start over. Okay, let me start over. <laughs> I was... <laughs> this is... <laughs> Uh, what podcast? Oh, <laughs> this is the You, Me, in a Movie podcast. In a movie? This is You, Me, in a Movie. The We're podca- inside a movie. The podcast. You, Me, in a Podcast movie. Um, yeah, so we're we're still smoothing things out, trying to get things uh, going with this thing. But uh, this is the You, Me, and a I movie. I mean, at least I know what podcast we're Podcast. Doing. Did you say piecast? Probably. Well, anyway. Uh, so, uh, that little country anecdote was, uh, from, we went to Pensacola this weekend. Well, we went to Gulf Shores in Pensacola and we saw some interesting live music. Um, it just kind of happened to us. Wasn't yeah. so much that we were seeking it out. Yeah. It just kind of happened, but really it's, I blame my father cause he's the one that took us there. So, and he, but he wanted to leave more than anyone else. <laughs> um, anyway, so hope you had a great 4th of July. We did. Uh, we went and saw Spider-Man um, during the 4th of July. Oh, well, it was the 5th se- of se- July. The 5th of July. No, we saw Spider-Man. Yeah, we saw Spider-Man on the 5th. Sorry. I was opening my notes. I was kind of just going on autopilot here. Um, yes. Notes. So, um, yeah. Second episode. How do you feel about the Toy Story episode? Did you go listen to it ever? I would absolutely never do that. I don't know how you edit them. I will never listen to myself. Just hearing a clip of my own voice is yeah. torture to my ears. I know you probably like your own voice maybe a little bit more than me, but yeah, and I've thought that about your voice before. I mean, it would not surprise me. I don't know how people listen to it. <laughs> I'm just I apologize to uh, everyone. Um. Anyway, Anna, you do not have a terrible voice, so stop stop saying that. Um. So. We have started these podcasts, and by these, I mean the last one, with kind of talking about what we've been watching. And we've been watching a few things, but nothing really of note except for one single thing, which is Stranger Things 3, is how I guess we're supposed to refer to it. Um, And so Anna and I watched it in probably two days. Maybe two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Generously. Yeah, we, we stayed up really late last night to finish it. That's like so embarrassing. It was like eleven thirty. Yeah, we that's went late to bed. for us. That's <laughs> late for us. Uh, and you know, it was hard to get up. I regret it. It was. Yeah. It. Def- I mean, it's hard for me to get up every day. But it was 
particularly hard this morning. Especially when we st- when it was that late at night and it was super emotional. Oh so, gosh. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, we're not going to spoil prepared it. prepared to be sad. So what what did you think about it? What, give me your general thoughts about Stranger Things 3. Well, I definitely think it was a strong season. By the way, we're, yeah, we're not sure. trying we're trying not to spoil things. We're, here, we're definitely not so going to spoil it. I'm sorry if I give too much away. Um, we're not going to spoil it, I promise. I have a tendency to accidentally say things, so if you if you're worried. <laughs> um, so You're like so be worried. <laughs> so but, maybe like turn this that's off. That's right. Now. There was that you me and Carol so we spoiled all of Westworld like the first season. Remember that? I mean, we were talking it may about Scrooge and somehow you just while it was airing started spoiling Westworld season 1. Well, we're now past that. No, I haven't. We've gotten Never past forget. It. So anyway, season three. Mm-hmm. Um, three Stranger Things is what I think they meant by that. Right. Kind of like um, T2 train spotting. Yes. So we're S S3 Stranger Things. Sure. That's what I call um, it personally. So I think it was a really strong season because I just felt like I was really worried because while I liked last season... The first season like really, really hit me because I just randomly, I just found it. It was before, I think it was like the first day it was out. So nobody was talking about it yet. Nobody really heard about it. And I feel like it was still when Netflix was starting their own things. Now it's every single day there's a new Netflix original something. So I was like, I'll try it. And I watched the whole season in a weekend. And it was great. So then the second season, I feel like where, I mean, I still enjoyed it. But I just don't feel like it was that strong. So I was kind of thinking okay, this season's going to be a little bit weaker even than that. I was like, this one probably should be the last season. But now I'm like, no, if they can keep it like this, I want it to be more seasons, at least one. Yeah, I mean, as far as the more seasons goes, I am I tend to be a less is more kind of guy. So, like, I think that there's, there's a tight, and if you can at all create a tight ending, I think you should go with that. Um, I feel like... You know, this show is too successful for them to just end it next season. I know that's what worries me, but I don't want them to run it into the ground either. They probably will. Uh, I mean, I remember season two solely for that awful episode with like the superpower kids that she hung out with. I know. And I just feel like they're going to come back somehow. And it's just like that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to here. So my thoughts on Stranger Things, I, I feel like I did not, uh, wasn't a huge fan of the show um, initially. I liked it enough, but I didn't really care about it. And I've steadily liked it more and more as the show has gone on. Um, I don't think season two is that strong, personally, especially in retrospect. I liked it while it was happening. Um, and I feel like they set up some good characters friendships and people like Dustin and Steve. Yeah, friendships. The I was best, about to say I was about to say the, the funniest. I think the two worst characters in the show got introduced last season and that's uh Max and Billy. I, I think the I, I really don't understand like they're just not compelling. Especially in comparison to Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter who's in the show who is an excellent character. You know, she's she's great. Um but yeah, I mean they fleshed out, you know, the the Steve and Dustin friendship more. And it was just like all the things just more. And you get to know, uh, Erica, which is Lucas's little sister who is also hilarious. Yeah. And, and the references were still pretty good. Um, they went a little, 
um, you know, deeper with them. They had one of my favorite quotes from Die Hard in it. <laughs> they had like Terminator references. There was a never ending story, which was the yeah. funniest, one of the funniest scenes. We're not going to spoil it for yeah, you. Just yeah. know that it's there somewhere. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, back to the future, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, the, most of the show revolves around the mall. Yeah. Which, which was kind of weird because we don't see, we don't see malls like they had a mall then. Like that looked crazy and. And fun. And, and actually, well, I mean. It used to be. I don't know. I don't know if I would enjoy it now, but I feel like at that time that was like the place to be. And it was so new. It seemed so new, at least to this town. Yeah. I I just think the show has excellent style and, you know, it leans really well on the eighties thing um, in, in an attractive way, like a way I want to keep watching it. Like it's not, to me, it's not annoying. Like to me, it's just cool. It, It feels like it, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking as someone who it's very polished. Was, never bo- was never alive during the 80s. I don't feel like it's fakely 80s. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I feel I like they feel worked really hard to make it very 80s. Um, it, even, even the way that they treat characters is very reminiscent of 80s movies. Like how Russians in this movie are just these evil people unquestionably like we don't even question that they're evil we just assume they're evil because they're russian like there's a lot of 80s tropes in how it's written as well um so yeah i mean i think it's got great style i think it's a super unusual show like i just don't you don't think like uh, the show kind of came out of nowhere and it is just it's so bizarre like it it seems to attract a lot of people because it seems like it's probably for kids, maybe, but it's not. But this season, to me, it got pretty violent. This season, if there's any ep- or any season of the show, this one got pretty violent, pretty gore, weirdly gory at times to me. Which I thought, yeah, I mean, it, like I was okay with. There were a few thinking, scenes where I was, I was like, oh, that's one of the more disgusting things I've ever watched. Also, I saw this. Okay, it was a headline, so I I did not read the whole article, but I did see something that said that. Apparently, Netflix has changed their rules about kind of how much, how many, I guess, characters are going to be smoking all the time or things or cigarettes because of this show, because of this season. What? Again, you can look it up and didn't really read the article, but I did read something about that. I kind of scrolled past that, it. That was I thought a, that was interesting. I remember that was a thing for a while where they like would actually add uh smoking in the rating of a show like you would see like pg-13 for smoking and stuff and it's like i understand this desire to eradicate smoking from our culture because it's gross but it's it's in the 80s and like in mad men times they smoked a lot and that's like to be honest i mean it does make it look kind of cool you know but still like I don't know. I just I think that's silly. I think in a show where you're going to make, you know, rats and people explode, you're that worried a little bit of a you're spoiler. worried about smoking. I think that's mm-hmm. that's just shows uh, a lack of priority. Um like it's just also like they can mention like teens making out. Like you have to like it's just it's weird. Like smoking. That's dumb. I don't like that. Hey, I mean... <laughs> Listen, Anna, don't... I'm sorry that I wrote this article and <laughs> don't even remember what I wrote in it, but I apologize for bringing it up. I wonder if it... You know, I do wonder if it's got that much steam left in it. Pers- like, they they surprised me this season by probably making the best season yet. 
in my opinion. I think this is probably probably my favorite season. Well, it was the first one. You're kind of like getting to know the characters and kind of deciding which ones are your favorite. What was like this one? They figured out who the best characters were together, like physically the ones that should maybe be in their own little side stories. Yeah. And they were like, you be in a side story together and you do your thing because you got really good chemistry. Okay, now you guys have really good chemistry. You're going to have your own little side story. And they did a really good job at knowing what people wanted. Because yeah. again, Steve and Dustin, my favorite characters together. Yeah, it is one of the first. It is one of the first shows or movies or whatever uh, that ma- splits up the cast and manages to stay interesting. Like you think about all the movies and stuff where that happens, where the main characters get split up into different places throughout the show, and it like just loses all steam. Like I, I would say, Guardians of the Galaxy two is like the definition of that. That's the first thing I think of. Is like. It's like the Guardians aren't together for the entire movie, pretty much. Well, also, And it makes it kind of boring. But in this one, it they put the right people together, and so you don't really think about them being separate the whole time. And then when they finally get back together, you're like really excited, you know? Well, you know there's always, when you're watching a show or a movie, there's like that storyline that you're like, okay, let's get past that, don't care, don't care. You know, and you're yeah. like, let's get back to what's going on. I didn't feel that way. I cared about each of the storylines and I was like, sometimes it almost was like, okay, I'm kind of glad we're out of that storyline for a second because it was getting crazy. Well, and that's the power, I think, of only having eight episodes a season. True. I mean, it felt like one because we watched. Them yeah, quickly, no, it goes, it, you can burn through eight episodes very quickly. Like it's not, it's not that long, but any longer and it starts to drag because you don't have time to really have an episode or mess around. If you noticed every single episode followed immediately after the next like it was it was an eight yeah, hour you could watch it as a movie if you wanted to i mean other than the fact that netflix will ask you if you're still watching yeah it was it was an eight hour movie that's what it was and i guess they've all been that way um yeah i think so which i really like and, and that must be why they call it you know stranger things 2 and stranger things 3 because they want it to feel like just a continuation long movies yeah so yeah, no, I, I was very happy with it. I'm very excited about the fourth season. Um, I'm curious how that's gonna work. Um, but you know, it, there's this the villain of the show, which is this like alternate dimension, which is a very cool concept that has the upside down. Yeah, the upside down, which has infinite. I feel like infinite possibilities for what you can do. I'm wondering, kind of like how they keep that interesting at the route they're going. Well, Oh, I don't want to say that because it's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, don't spoil but I it. But I want to. I want to know more about it. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I want to know a little bit more about it without being cheesy, or without being like. I don't know. I don't too want too much the, of the show being that. Yeah, I don't want them to explain too many things. I don't need it explained. I just want to know a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I want more like wandering in it. Like I want to see more of it. You know, like I want to know what what like lives in it it really makes me want to watch the first season again because we were talking about this earlier you watch the first episode of this and you're like whoa the kids got old suddenly yeah they had that flashback with the kids from uh, like showing them from the first season will looks like a five-year-old well they were they were like i mean they were like 10 i guess i mean i think they're probably like 12 but because now i feel like they're like 15 16 they have like facial hair and stuff. It's crazy. It's weird. Well, um, that was definitely one thing that I was like, whoa, they got old suddenly. 
Yeah, and I kind of like them being a little older. Oh, that was fine. I didn't like, feel like, oh yeah. man, I wish they were the same age as they were. No, but it just also shows like how good of actors they are at such a young age too. Like, yeah, like I th- and for them to me, because I didn't feel like anybody was like, well, you know, you really changed as a, per- you, you know, how you watch some shows or movies that you're kind of like, you can see that someone's become a better actor. Yeah. To the point to where you almost feel like it's not the same character. I didn't feel that way. No, I feel it's like, like kids actually growing up. I don't even think of them as actors. I'm just watching this show with about these kids doing this stuff. Like I don't, I never the only you know the only time I remember when it came out and everybody was raving about Eleven and or Millie Bobby Brown or whatever her name is like being this incredible actress as Eleven. But I thought I'm like man, she's like probably. You know, I I don't want to be a jerk, but kind of probably the worst of of the group. You know, I think the kid that plays uh, Dustin is like the best is easily the best actor to me. Well, kind of depends what you're looking for. But he has such good comic timing. Like he has masterful comic timing. Like he is so funny and and, and so good at. But you can't really say somebody's not a good actor because of the character they're playing. So like Eleven, especially in the first one, she's not going to have very much personality. She's not going to have very many lines because that's her character. Yeah, I know. I understand. But like it's still she's to me, she's never been a compelling character at all. And that's mostly the writing's fault. But like she doesn't add anything to it. She doesn't like try to make I feel like she's pretty needed. I mean, yeah, only because she's got superpowers. But other than that, she's like kind of... Yeah, you know, it's getting more interesting. Like, you know, there's there's something that happens with the Eleven stuff that I think is more interesting that I, I, I'm excited to see what happens with that. Um, but anyway, any more thoughts about Stranger Things? No, we should probably move past it before we spoil too much. Yeah, I know. I came very close myself. I know. Um, you spoiled just like a tiny bit. Yeah, that was kind of a nice little mini Stranger Things review. Um so next up, I wanted to talk about briefly uh, the box office stuff that I have read today. I've, I've done some research. First off, I want to revisit Toy Story 4. Um, you know, last week I said that uh, it was probably going to, you know, stay pretty consistent. It's really struggling in the box office still. And it probably won't make as much money. It won't hit a billion like Toy Story 3 did. Do you feel like it's because kids now maybe aren't as attached to Toy Story as people? No, I, I don't think it's that at all. I don't know. I, I don't just think it has wonder. anything to do with kids. Uh, I think, here's here's what I think. I think audiences are becoming more discerning. And I think that when you have a movie like Toy Story 3 that ended so perfectly that everyone's instantly skeptical or maybe people just really hate the movie theater these days they're just waiting for it to come out well you know i think a lot of people thought that because this has been you know franchise hell this summer and movies have been doing really terrible until spider-man far from home comes out and makes half a billion dollars in like four days so i think audiences are just smarter and pickier i think that's really what it comes down to I don't think people are running out to go see, um, you know, uh, Men in Black International. Um, no one ran out to go see X Men. You know, I'm and but like you think about those movies. What was another franchise that came out? You're asking the wrong person. Recently, uh, there's Aladdin. Like all the movies that have done well this summer 
are legitimately good movies. All the movies that have done badly are bad movies. Toy Story 4 still did well. It just didn't meet projections. Uh, John Wick 3 did excellently. Uh, Endgame, number two highest grossing movie worldwide. Um, Spider-Man, doing super well. I mean, it's just like, you know, Aladdin did really well. Lion King's probably going to do super well. I'm still tempted to see Aladdin. I keep hearing good things about it. And I just... It's a rental for me. Yeah, I'll rent it. I won't see it in theaters. I mean, I'm, I don't have to see a movie in theaters, really. Unless I'm just, like, super curious about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm at the point where it's... it's I'm very picky about my movie theater experiences, too. Because people are awful in the movie theater. <laughs> like, no one can control themselves. Like, people have their phones out and are noisy. And it's just... It's, it's an anxiety thing for me at this point. Because it's just like I go in there to pay to listen to other people like make noise or you know the past co- two movies i've seen i guess spider-man and what was the movie i saw before that toy story toy story well toy story toy story i'm a little gracious to because it's a kid movie uh rocket rocket man people brought like tiny little kids and it was clearly just because the parent wanted to like see the movie because the kid was too little to even care and that it's just i i just that's just awful like i'm sorry that's just I know, bold stance, but anyway. So, uh, domestic right now, Spider-Man's at the 185 million mark worldwide. It's at you know over half half a billion dollars. So, we're uh, so Spider-Man Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't seem to be going anywhere. I was totally wrong in my projection that it would do not as great. Uh, and again, I think it's because I think. Partially, people wanted a follow-up to Endgame. They had some questions after Endgame. But also, too, like, you know, Spider-Man's still, like, a money-making character, I think, at the end of the day. I mean, Spider-Man is still a huge property. I mean, Spider-Man... <laughs> Spider-Man's not, like, Captain Marvel or Black Panther. Like, Spider-Man is, like, a big deal, you know? So, anyway... Um, Although today I read something interesting from Richard Rushfield, who's this movie critic. Uh, well, not movie critic. He he writes a newsletter called The Ankler, where he, um, you know, he has a lot of industry access. So he comes out with these huge scoops in his newsletter um, every week. And and today he came out with a huge scoop from stuff he's heard, and he has very credible sources. That basically, you know, how Sony owns Spider Man and MCU, like Marvel Studios, is kind of being loaned him to do the Marvel stuff. And because Sony wasn't making money with Spider-Man movies because of the amazing Spider-Man movies, how they, the Andrew Garfield ones, how they flopped. So basically part of their deal was if, if Spider-Man did not cross a billion dollars, Marvel would not be allowed to use the Spider-Man character anymore. Yeah. So we're, we're okay now. Like the property We're okay now. Guys, you can calm down. Well, you know what their plan was? That we're going to fold Tom Holland Spider-Man into Venom. Oh. And make their own crappy cinematic universe that would have been terrible and a failure. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, that was a close call because these Spider-Man movies are great. Let's talk about it. Let's go no spoilers first. Um, So, what did you think about Spider-Man Far From Home? I liked it. It, it's still not one of those. Spider-Man has never been one of those characters I care that much about. But I thought they did 
they did a good job and I, I still think I like this one better than the first one there are parts of it that I felt like were a little bit cheesy or a little bit I didn't feel like followed his character super well what do you mean well I don't want to get into it quite yet okay fine fine just general general right that's what I'm trying to do sorry sorry um but I enjoyed it and I would watch it again for sure it's not was not a negative experience but I don't know I think people are a little bit burnt out <laughs> I think people are a little bit burnt out and I like these movies I Why, really what do. makes you say that what makes you say people are burnt out because all I ever hear are people like oh my gosh another one of those is coming out another yeah but that's anecdotal is- like the numbers don't lie no right like people are still gonna go see them but like I'm a little bit like Okay, like I want something different. I want something new that I'm going to enjoy that's not just a sequel to something or a remake of something older. Well, you get those things now via television. Like we just talked about Stranger Things, which right. is what you asked for. Exactly. It's just not in the movie theater anymore. Right. And I'm just talking about movie theater. So, yeah, I mean, that's just that's just where we're at with it's like if you go to the movie theater, you're going you want to go to have a guaranteed good experience. And there's so many outlets to hear about movies that are out that I think that's the issue is you hear Spider-Man's good. You go see it because it's going to be you're going to have a good time. You know, like you're going to like Star Wars. You're going to like Avengers. Like you go to these like, you know, guaranteed event movies. Men in Black International. eh, that's kind of like played out you know but i'll, I'll I mean, watch it when it comes to something like netflix or i'll even yeah. rent it oh yeah well I'll, I'll rent that all day long but it's just i but you know why would you go out of your way people you are always want to go to the movies <laughs> i mean yeah but people are always gonna choose doing it at home instead like they're gonna choose like watching whatever they can watch at home naked in their living room i mean that's literally okay. like the secret to the movie industry is if that's an option people are gonna do that but it is an option. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, like, like if people if are going would... to do that, unless they can't see the new Avengers movie anywhere but in the movie theater, right? I that's mean, like, that's where it, we're at. You're saying like they can't wait to watch it later. Yeah, that's okay. where we're at. It's like you're not going to miss the new Star Wars movie, so you're going to go to the theater to see it. But you're not going to do that with, honestly, probably Tarantino's next movie. Like I do feel like that's not, even though it's. Something it's, I want to see. I don't think it's going to do great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got Tarantino's name on it, so it'll do okay, but I just, it's not going to be a wide audience type movie, you know? I mean, it does have Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, so that'll bring people to, but... I guess, but I don't, I don't think stars sell anymore. Like, that's, I mean, I, I really don't think that... I think that that's the whole problem with that, you know, that book I read, The Big Picture. That's the whole thesis of that book, is that m- movies aren't star machines anymore, you know? Maybe if Brad Pitt was, you know, Batman, people would show up. But Okay, anyway, back to Spider-Man. Back to Spider-Man. So, so I, mean, I think we need to start spoilers because I'm just going to start No, no, no. I've, I've got to give my thoughts. Please don't. Um, so Spider-Man, I liked it. Um, I think that we also have to say that we're going to spoil Endgame as well because there's no way you can't spoil Endgame. But if you haven't seen Endgame, I don't know what you're doing with your life. So I don't know why you're listening to a podcast about Spider-Man if you haven't seen Endgame already. Yeah, um, but I will say, like, Spider-Man Far From Home was, like, before I went to go see it, I had this idea in my mind. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of done. Like, I'm not going to rush out to go see these movies. I'll see Spider-Man because it ends Phase 3, and then I'm going to kind of probably bail out. But 
I do this thing with franchises that run on too long where I say, I'm going to stop at this point. But then my curiosity leads me to wonder what they're going to do after they make that big change. So then I kind of just watch it. So like I'm at this point with the Marvel Cinematic Universe where I still probably don't care about as much because it was a Robert Downey Jr. machine. And now that he's not around, I'm kind of like, this is not going to be as good. So you already spoiled Endgame. Yeah, we spoiled Endgame. Robert Downey Jr. is dead. (laughs) Okay. He died. Iron Man died in Endgame. Um, But I'm so curious where they're going. So that so that's that's what's going to keep me watching these movies for now, especially the Spider-Man ones, because I really do like this version of Spider-Man a lot. Um, I think this one is a little stronger than Homecoming for me. Um, I think it's more f- a little more fun than Homecoming. Um, but I just I just like this version of Spider-Man. It's just uh, it it does the on the downside. It still feels like um, heavily reliant on Tony Stark. So I am interested to see what Spider-Man looks like without that crutch. If you know, like it's it just seems like okay. So how are we gonna do all this without Tony Stark? You know, like how's this gonna work? Because you know, if he's not part of it, then there's a lot that I feel like. Tom Holland as Spider-Man has to deal like ha, ha, like he needs to be a more a slightly more compelling character because I think a lot of his arc relies on Tony Stark. So anyway, so I will say this movie super fun. It's just, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal was great. Um and uh all the high school stuff. I love the high school stuff. It's so fun. It's so relatable. Like I feel like most people can relate to it. You, you know, you got all these fun weirdos in this class you know i think the take on mj is very interesting i really like it um and they kind of they really do a good job of like they've changed the canon of spider-man but they've done it in a way that people like and it's really fun and i think the ways they have changed it are really cool and interesting and i want to know more um so yeah i i liked it a lot um it's it's probably it's probably up there with some of my favorite Marvel movies at this point. So anyway, uh, so I think we should move into spoilers now. Okay. Because I'm ready. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. So uh, I don't have a spoiler sound. Um, alert! Alert! Okay, spoiler sound done. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. It starts, uh, it basically, in the first five minutes of the movie, explains questions we had in Endgame. Like, like number one, it shows us the visual of people disappearing, like just regular people. Like, it shows us how regular people are affected by the snap, like by, well, they call it the blip. So, like, the idea that people disappear, and then they show up five years later, and they didn't age, but the people who stayed alive did. So, like, it, they do it in a really funny way where they talk about how, like, my little brother's older than me now. And, you know, like, there's one character in the class during the field trip that is suddenly in their high school class because he didn't disappear. But he was, like, a little kid when the snap happened. And so, um, so it's just, they do, they do very interesting things and they address it in a pretty funny way. Um, and I thought it was kind of weird though. So, I mean, I know that the world 
I guess, never knew that Thanos was the one that snapped his finger. Because, I mean, I don't feel like that would have been broadcast, right? Like, people are still kind of, like, in the dark about what happened. No, they... Do you feel they, like that? No, they did. No, they... The world knows that it was Thanos. Because, like, if you remember that scene with Captain America and that support group, they openly all talked about Thanos in it. Okay, well, then that makes this weirder to me because I think it's weird how flippant people are about it. Like, the blip. Oh, some people people went... Oh, look how funny it is when they came back and they're, like, in in the middle of this. And it's like, but you watch Endgame and people are, like, in a support group or, you know, the Avengers are, like, just trying to keep it together. And then it's like, and everybody's back, and look how funny it was. Yeah, like, I, mean, I thought that was kind of weird. That's a very comic booky thing, and I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is trying to figure out how to use the medium to be really dark and dramatic, but also be funny at the same time. And I think they generally do a good job. I think these movies are more comedies, so they they kind of deal with it that way. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, if you want the drama surrounding the blip or whatever, then go watch Endgame. You know, like don't, you know, this is gonna this is gonna take it and do its thing with it. And I like that about it. I like that each movie does its own style in a way, but still connects to the overall story. Yeah. Another thing I thought was weird. And I I, I think I could kind of see how this could have happened. So in the first Spider-Man, he is so obsessed with being an Avenger. Like that's like I know where you're goal. going with this. Yeah. yeah. It's like his main goal. He's like, Tony Stark, what can I do? I want to be there. I will skip school. I will leave my friends. This one, I don't want to be that. I want to be only with my friends. I want to not think about that at all. I'm a kid. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. 100% like a 180 there. Nope. <laughs> My thing is, is that I think maybe it's because it like hit him how all this happened. Tony Stark is no longer around. He kind of feels lost a little bit by it. He's kind of like wanting life to go back to normal as much as it can, which I'm okay with, but it still kind of bothered me because I still feel like now it just kind of makes him seem like a little bit of a, I mean, I know he's supposed to be a teenager, but. I don't know. It just didn't seem completely right. Okay. It's almost as if he went to space and fought the most powerful being in the universe and lost and was killed and came back to life and then his mentor died. Like, it's like there a lot has happened, not to mention that he's 16 in these movies, but like a lot has happened that would have him want to take a break. Like, he doesn't want to quit being Spider-Man. He's just taking a break. That's what he does. Yeah, but it's weird that he's taking a break and he's just, like, the only thing he's thinking about is, like, this relationship with this girl. Because it's, like, it's high school. He, right. But, like, if he has been through all these things, which he has been through, you think he'd be, like, a little bit changed by it. But no. He's not at all, you know, like, changed by it. It's like, oh, that? It's like, you think he'd have a little bit of the feeling that Tony Stark had in like um, Iron Man 3 where he's like having a little bit of like PTSD from it. Like when they bring up the fact that he went to space, he was like, yeah, but that was an accident. Like, no, you should kind of be like, like sli- I mean, that sounds terrible. You should be like slightly scarred by that. Like that should be something that's brought up and it's like a very negative thought. Like, why? But it's like, oh, okay. That yeah, happens. but that's just the, t- that's the tone of the movie and that's, that's a very, again, like it's a very comic I'm just saying thing. I don't know if I agree with it. That's fine. When, you, when we've had Endgame, which like, 
in game may have had like three laughs in it you know so it's just a really weird contrast and they may have done that on purpose because they needed like a light-hearted thing but at the end of the day i think they just made it because they want him to be the new iron they want him to be the new iron man tony stark character because he's the youngest and they're going to be able to milk that for years well to come. i don't know about that i think i i don't think well, he doesn't have the presence that Robert Downey Jr. had. So, like, he's going to be the new tech, smart guy, whatever. He's going to be the face of the Marvel Universe just because he's Spider-Man. It's like, a, that's a huge character. But he's not... Again, my my qualms with this stuff come from the fact that I like how they've made Tony Stark Uncle Ben, basically. And, you know... Uh, you know, Aunt May's young and Happy Hogan is like his, you know, mentor or whatever. And, you know, MJ is kind of like dark and nerdy instead of like, you know, weird, you know, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> and, you know, Flash Thompson is like kind of a nerd, but a, a douchebag at the same time. Like, you know, like there are all these things they're doing the opposite. They're And they're taking things to their more modern thing but at the end of the day like these movies are still like a tony stark vehicle yeah i mean the villain and in this movie is a villain because he's angry with tony stark right, and that's the, he's the second villain in a row to be a villain because he's pissed off at tony stark like same with michael keaton like he's the second spider-man villain and then like you could also say that like Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. I don't really think there's a 2 in there, but Age of Ultron. There, he's the villain because of Tony Stark. Right, you know? right. But like, I'm, when you really I'm think about, about it, like, who's the real villain here? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. It's a real mastermind. But no, you think about a single franchise, Spider-Man. Two of the villains, two out of two villains, were really like they hate Tony Stark and that's why they're, they're like enemies of Spider-Man, you know, like we have to move past that. Yeah. At some point that, or it'll just, I mean, and I feel like they're going to long memorial of Tony Stark, you know, just forever. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to like, I I feel like they're moving that way. But I think they're like a little bit scared too. No, I, I highly disagree. I think they've really got some balls with how they, they ended it with the, with the mid credit scene. Like, think about it. So, like, number one. Okay, well, let's let's talk about a few things before we get there. Before we talk about the mid credit scene, because I I have a whole discussion about both of those. But, um, and we didn't watch the second one, but I know what it is, and I've I've read about it, and you know whatever. Um, so, Mysterio. What did you think about Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio? Um, you're very negative today. On this podcast. <laughs> I, I can sense you're about to say like, eh. So it's not that I didn't. I, I liked his character. I thought he did a good job. But there were times and more at the beginning that I felt like, why does this, why is this green that he emits so terrible looking? You know what I mean? Like when movies in the early 2000s, like evil things were always green and you have to see that green is like man that just looks so terrible well i felt like that was like a little bit in the beginning but then when you find out that it's like all fake oh his suit you mean or, or like that that green smoky stuff he kind of like 
has, you know, like when he's attacking, it's like green. Yeah, he's an illusionist, yeah. Right. It made more sense to me. It made me feel like, okay, this maybe should look a little bit cheesy-ish because it's all a show. But I didn't love his look at the beginning when I was like, okay, he kind of looks plasticky. He kind of looks like that character, you know, from um, the second, was it, it was one of the um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies where... Um, Green Goblin. Yes. Yeah. Looked a little Green Goblin-y to me at times. <laughs> yeah. Green, you know, now that you mention it, Green Goblin's suit does not age well. It didn't age well the day that movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're kind of right on that. It, Thank you. Yeah. Very cheesy. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I now want to do a podcast about like superhero suits. Like I'm, I'm now thinking about the thing from Fantastic Four. Like, the one with Chris Evans and he was like styrofoam clearly. Cause you could see him like bend and wrinkle when he would move. Yeah. I don't really, I, th- I saw that in theaters and that was the only time I think I saw that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I think Mysterio was, I really like that character. I kind of knew that there was kind of a weird twist with him just from what I've heard about the character, but I liked the illusion stuff. Um, I thought like some of the weird nightmare visions that he did. Oh, it was very just like zombie Iron Man. That was crazy. Or just any of it. Like, oh my word, how would, how did you pull this off? Like, how did any of those people? And I know they worked for Tony Stark. So yeah, but that's but again, cases. like that, like when they go through like how. Tony Stark pissed them off. Like it was kind of neat. Like yeah, and this character cool. was in this movie doing this thing. Yeah, it was like in in Civil War. Like I invented this cool illusion machine, and Tony Stark used it to like see his dead parents. You know. Okay, what did you think about the part? Okay, so in is it Iron Man three when he does the no? Is it in no? It's okay, Iron just, Man one. Just yes. go ahead. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Tell me which which movie it is, and it might be Infinity War. You know, I can't remember, so you're just going to tell me. The one where he does the thing where uh, he has his um, his dad, his mom and his dad, and he looks young. Yeah, I just said Civil War. Oh, I thought you said... No, it's the beginning of Civil War. You said I thought you said the first one, like the very first Avengers or something. No. Um, okay, so he says, you know, and I call this barf or whatever. Yeah, you and, call my life's work barf. And he like... Jake Gyllenhaal's character is like in the back and he like mouths like barf and like looks confused and I was like okay that was kind of weird did you feel like that was kind of weird no well I just think I just think like you know it does seem like why did Tony Stark even like name it this acronym like I know it's stood for like something sciencey but like at the same time like yeah that was kind of a kind of a well, jerk move but I, didn't you feel like he made it didn't you feel like he had invented it when it first? Well, yeah, I've, I've thought about this. Like, it's his company. And so yeah. he represents his company. So, you know, obviously, like, he doesn't invent every single thing the company comes out with. Right. But I kind of, you kind of forget that because, like, he can do it all. Yeah, you do like. forget that because they don't usually show the people that work at Stark they never Industries. Had. Yeah. So, like, this was, this, well, that was interesting. The first, the first two Iron Man movies they show people who work at Stark Industries but after that like you don't think about that anymore yeah you're like okay so Tony Stark does everything the only three people that work at Stark Stark Industries is 
Well, not even Tony Stark, really. It's just like he, Pepper. He quit. Yeah, yeah, it's Pepper and Happy. They're like the two that... Just, and Happy still doesn't really do anything. He's just like kind of like... He's the like, head of yeah. security somehow. But like you n- hardly ever see him with anyone else. Like, and like Iron Man... Are you head of security if you never have security around <laughs> And Iron Man 3 like established that he was like a terrible head of security. Like, True. Like there's many jokes made about how he's bad at his job. Um, and now he just wanders around with Spider-Man and like flirts with Aunt May. So it's like clearly he's doing his job really well i guess um but yeah i i think uh the jake gyllenhaal i i was losing my mind when they showed that scene of jeff bridges yelling at uh ralph ralphie from the christmas story in iron man one like i I know like i could not believe they did that like i thought that was so cool but then again it begs the question like this movie is not a spider-man movie like if you really yeah. think about it it's i heard somebody say this they they said it, first it's a mcu movie first it's a marvel movie then it's a peter parker movie then it's a spider-man movie i can see that because there's really not that that much spider-man stuff i mean they're but it's mostly peter parker stuff yeah and then before that everything around it has to do with the past Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Yeah, it's not a standalone movie for sure. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. Um, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal, like I think what's cool about him is just, number one, he didn't just show up to get his check. Like he gave his all to this character. Like he did a great job. I love, I love like crazy Jake Gyllenhaal. Like he does such a good job when he gets really into it. And I also love that his real suit was like a mocap suit that pretty much everyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe wears already. Like every picture you see of Mark Ruffalo behind the scenes of like Avengers, he's wearing that same suit. I just liked how he kept You know what I'm talking about? One. Like that they put CG on. Like when Mark Ruffalo is, is being the Hulk in Avengers. Oh, you mean... You mean um, when he the is... The motion capture suit. that Right. You know, I know what you're talking about. The gray. Yeah. Yeah. I just love how Jake Gyllenhaal's wearing that because he probably would already be wearing that. Right. They just, they just don't have to do anything to it. I just liked how he kept having that woman, like, steam his, his cape. Yeah. He's oh. like, no, keep steaming it. Yeah. I, I just thought... I thought all that stuff was super fun and really cool. Um... As far as, okay, here's another issue I have. So, you know. Oh, well, you got so many problems. With- no, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a little bit of a mess, but it's, it's funness, you know, makes it. I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I think it's got its issues. Like, um, you know, I would say one of the, to this day, one of the most powerful superhero movies of all time is The Dark Knight. Wouldn't you say so? Sure, I just felt like that was like a really leading question. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you would though, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of deep stuff. What What would you say is one of? Well, I'll tell you what. What is What is one of the more important lessons you kind of learn at the end of Dark Knight? Um, maybe that mass surveillance is a bad thing. Like Lucius Fox, you know, uses that computer system Christian Bale makes. Uh to like find the Joker using everybody's cell phones. Right. Remember that? Yes. And, but Lucius Fox has a big issue with it. So Bruce Wayne tells him type in Lucius and it'll destroy itself. Okay. Because that's such a heavy responsibility. Well, in, in, in Spider-Man far from home, Tony Stark leaves, uh, 
Peter Parker so uh, much ki- kind of I mean too kind much. of kind of basically the same thing like he puts on these glasses and he can look at what everybody's doing on their phones and like all this stuff and it also can summon an army of killer drones so we think about like how in the Marvel world, how lightly he just gives a 16-year-old yeah. this kind of power. Well, it, you just look at the contrast of the Dark Knight and see how like heavy of a thing this is. And now we're kind of like, eh, mass surveillance, killer drones, like, eh, par for the course, like, whatever. This is just how it is. But it's also like, and didn't even write enough for Peter to not give these glasses to someone else. You know, yeah, like, maybe have right. like a little disclaimer, like, uh, Peter, maybe don't transfer this over to someone else, anybody else. Or like have security protocols that don't even make that yeah, possible. Do not make it possible. Yeah, there's something but I did love the acronym, Edith. Even dead, I'm the hero. Like yeah. I thought that was pretty good. That was a very Tony Stark thing. But I, I thought very very good. But yeah, no, I thought that part was um I mean obvious, like I, I knew that Tony would leave him something, but like the crux of the movie is this crazy, like, super-powered system that he gives to Peter Parker. And I think, like, shouldn't we be questioning, like, the fact that he has that? Or maybe, <laughs> like, like, at all? Maybe we shouldn't have given this to him, like, right before he goes on a trip and he, like, takes it out of the country. I mean, maybe not. Yeah. Or, yeah, and he's clearly, like, unstable and unsure. Like, well. Yeah, like, it's kind of one of those, like, if only you had this, everything would be better. But not only oh, that. Actually, but not only that. Why don't we just question why does Tony Stark have such a machine like that? You know, like why why does Tony Stark yeah, have a mass surveillance? Have, yeah, why can he see everything about everybody? I mean, you kind of feel like like that's just like his thing, but like it's just again, it's like when the Dark Knight was so much about this. Like it's funny to see this and see how just like meh, meh. it's like a thing, you know. Um, now Spider Man can see everything everybody does all the time you know delete stuff off people's phones and you know it's just it's crazy and summon killer drones you know um and hand it off to villains you know who could have done way more damage like i think about like what he gave jake gyllenhaal jake gyllenhaal is like kind of a moron for what he used it for like he could have done some like serious stuff yeah it well i mean i think that's the point though is that jake gyllenhaal's character is like kind of not all there in a lot of ways and he's also kind of He's not like that bad. Well, he's, he's just, just kind of like, like egomaniac. Yeah, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, that's what he is. Yeah. Um, okay, so we probably should not tell everyone every single scene of the movie, at least. As far no, as no, those show. were those were in my notes um, and things I want to talk about. Um, so, uh, what was something else? You were going to talk about the mid credit oh, scene. Okay, not uh, one more thing. The Peter Tingle. Okay, I is I guess a stand-in for Spidey sense. I had. Uh, my last issue with the movie is the Peter Tingle stuff because it was kind of a joke. But then as the movie progresses, you realize like, Oh, they're like trying to make this a serious storyline where like, yeah, like where he may actually not be able to sense things like his spider sense is off and they didn't flesh that out enough. But then in the like final battle sequence, they show him like finally overcome it. And I feel like that just wasn't a very strong moment. Like it should have been because it just kind of wasn't really fleshed out. And so that was, I thought that was a little silly. Like I liked, I thought it was funny. The Peter tingle. Like, I think that's funny, but like they didn't, they didn't give us enough information about what's going on with the Spidey sense in order for us to 
really get that scene where he like sees him even though he's an illusion or whatever, which was cool. It looked cool. I mean, yeah, it was great, but I just, I don't know. I just thought that was a little, um, silly to me. Um, so, uh, mid credit and post credit scene, this is the first, um, first probably Marvel movie where both are important. I can't think of a Marvel movie that had two scenes where they were both important. Usually they have one important one and then one throwaway one. So the mid credit scene in this one has Spider-Man like, you know, swinging around, he's swinging MJ around and she's terrified, which I think I like too, because I feel like when it, didn't he swing around Kirsten Dunst in the old Spider-Man and she was like, it was like, Oh, it's so elegant and sweet and romantic and like over serious. And now she was just like, I never want to do that again. That was terrifying. Yeah. Like, (laughs) which is what you would do. Oh yeah. I would absolutely hate that, but I wouldn't even have tried it. (laughs) just know myself yeah that's true no i was watching that and i was like i feel like i'm watching anna right now if she were swinging around with spider-man that's true (laughs) but but then so he he's like leaving mj or whatever like after their date and he's like swinging around manhattan which finally we're seeing spider-man swinging around manhattan finally because we haven't seen that in these new spider-man movies um and then some like the news says that Jake Gyllenhaal before he died or whatever, if he actually died or I wasn't really sure what was going on there. No, that was when his, uh, his projected version of himself yeah. was like, you know, it was before he died kind of like, you know, if anybody gets this and you know, it's yeah, he basically, he basically outs him as Peter Parker well, he, and calls him the reason why all this happened. Yeah. He, so basically he, you know, labels Spider-Man as a menace and says, hey, he's a 16-year-old named Peter Parker and shows his picture. But you know who reveals it in the thing is none other than J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons again, which is just like there's nobody else in this world that can play him, so they just recast him, you know, as the same character. But now he's like an Alex Jones podcaster, which uh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm so excited. But... So the fact that this, it had parallels to Iron Man 1, you know, the end of Iron Man 1, it's like... Except for the fact that, like, they're saying, hey, he's the villain. Well, right, but in Iron Man 1, Tony Stark reveals his identity. In this one, his identity is revealed against his will because he doesn't want to be known. So now, and I feel like that was a really, that's what I was talking about earlier. I feel like that's a really ballsy move on their part because now, like his world is upside down. Like we're going to see a different Spider-Man in the next one. Oh yeah. Because I mean, people are going to be out to get him in a lot of ways. He's going to have to be proving himself. All all of his class will know who he is. Like it's just going to be a different character and he's going to, there's no, I I really don't like, there's not going to be that Tony Stark connection. I think in the next one. at all. Okay. Tell me about, I didn't see the second post credit scene. And, or the actual post credit scene, I guess. And I don't think you've told me what you found out about it. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that video I sent you? No, of course not. Um, mm-hmm. Well. Because Anna doesn't do the homework. Um, I'm sorry that I was at work. Yeah. <laughs> I was at work, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you're your, you're your boss. So you can probably be like, yeah, yeah. Hey, Will, you can watch a video right now. <laughs> that's exactly how that happened you told yourself yeah be a little concerning i was like thanks boss um <laughs> uh but so uh 
basically in the post credit scene. So, oh yeah, that's so like throughout the whole movie, like Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury seem a little bit weird. They seem weird. He seems like an idiot. Like it just it just feels kind of out of touch. And and I've had an issue with how they've handled Nick Fury since after probably Winter Soldier. Because ever since S.H.I.E.L.D. fell, like, they kind of act like they don't know what to do with Nick Fury. Yeah. Um, I liked him in Captain Marvel. No. That was... He was the worst in Captain Marvel. Like, he's... Okay. I really... Like, that That was wh- the okay. one I was thinking of when okay, I say I really... Sweet. Okay. So, anyways. So, it's revealed that Nick Fury and Maria Hill were scrolls the whole time. Really? Yeah. Okay, but don't we know in Captain Marvel that scrolls are not bad? Right, so they were playing. They, it was it was Ben Mendelsohn, like okay. Talos, yes. and the other one, and so then it cuts to space on what is presumably like, or no, it's like it's like this fake beach projection. He's like vacationing on the beach, and then you realize he's like on a scroll ship. Um. So basically, Nick Fury's like been on vacation, quote unquote. Um. And scrolls were taking his place, and so th- this begs the question: How long has Nick Fury been a scroll on Earth? And so this—he's been cutting his toes. Yeah. So this video, this video says, well, it would actually make sense if he became a scroll. Um, like they, they actually show pretty much proof that he, after Captain America: Winter Soldier, um, like pretty much went to space. And like or the scrolls have been Nick Fury since then. But he knows it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like because and what they posited is so there's the there's a space version of Shield called Sword in the comics, and so they're positing that he's building that. And then they brought up we're like okay, so all these like all this infrastructure that Nick Fury has, all these like henchmen and stuff he has in this movie, like who's paying them? Like where are they coming from? Because shield doesn't exist, so they True. were they were like, so has he has he been building sword, and that's what all those people are. So mm. are they positioning this like sword as being like a a way to introduce a new Avengers initiative, but it's more cosmic focused this time. So it's basically like this is how they're trying to reboot it is by bringing real Nick Fury back into the chair of a S.H.I.E.L.D.-esque agency. And so that's what the video explained. So basically, part of me, my thoughts, like, so like, seeing how awful Nick Fury was in this movie, I wondered if they went through the movie and just realized they were kind of off and then added that scene later. Mm. I could see them doing that too. Um, But this video, like, you have to watch the video. Like I'm so convinced now after watching this YouTube video, I'll put it in the show notes cause it's really good. Um, as far as explaining the Nick Fury stuff, because there's a, you know, an example in captain Marvel where he talks about, he doesn't cut his toes diagonally. And then yeah. in age of Ultron, they show a scene, show him, show him doing that. Why would they blatantly do that? cutting his toes diagonally? Like it, it's like, how could that even be a mistake? Yeah, like why would they even say that? They would. They could have just said some anything else. Why would he cut it? Why would they show a scene of him cutting bread? We have never even seen him eat, but he's cut bread. Yeah, but he's cut. <laughs> yeah. And so, it's it's infuriating to think about it. In like fury. Maybe. All right, so that's our show. Um, I'll see you next week for <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
Well, we're at an hour actually, so we probably should wrap. We probably this up. should wrap this. Do you have up. any more I thoughts? Mean, it's basically, said the entire plot. Um, no, I don't. So we will not have an episode next week, but we will. We said we're doing this bi-monthly, so our next movie will be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Tarantino movie, which should be very interesting. Like, I feel like we will have a lot of good discussion about it. I feel like we have good, we've had good discussion on this one. This was a very, very dense episode. Yes. Like <laughs> I just stare. feel like you just felt like you were going to say more, and then you did. Um, so after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm kind of like drawing a blank on what's next. So we're going to have to really like... I mean, I can always find us a scary movie. I'm sure you can. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw comes out in August. That'll be a solo cast. Well, I have somebody who wants to do a podcast episode with me. So maybe maybe you get you get to like get a day off for one of them. A day off. It, means, it sounds like I do this daily. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like... Um, yeah, so Hobbs and Shaw may not, will definitely not have Anna in it if we talk about it because she has zero interest and she probably won't see it It would just be really me. negative, I'm sorry. Not that this was really extremely positive, but... Yeah, Anna's Anna's kind of the bad cop, you know? I'm the good cop. Anna's I'm devil's advocate cop. here. Yeah, except when it comes to, like, it. Yeah, if we want to talk about scary movies, we can talk about some scary movies. Oh, maybe we do have... Okay, so you may not want to watch this with me. I, I may watch it on my own. The guy who made it follows came out with the movie. It's on Prime, and I downloaded it. And it's called Under the Silver Lake, and it's got Andrew Garfield, and it's like a inherent vice esque mystery movie. Why would I not want to watch that? It sounds like exactly like something I'd want to watch. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So yeah, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit too. Anyway, so next movie, Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, should be really interesting. Should be really good. Um, really excited about that one. So we will see you for that. And then in August, you know, we'll have Hobbs and Shaw and, uh, who knows something else. Um, we're not doing a Lion King podcast. I'm sorry. We're not going to do it. We're just not gonna, I don't want to see it. I have no desire to go to the theater to go see that. And we don't want to talk about it. What's to talk about? Why would you talk about it? It would just be to talk about like how you felt about it being, I don't even know if I can call it live action. Why would I want to watch a version of Lion King where the warthog actually looks terrifyingly like a real warthog? <laughs> like, what's enjoyable about that? I don't know. No, it looks fine. I, I will watch the Lion King, but I'll rent it. Kind of like Aladdin. But I just, I don't like those movies. Like, I, I don't really care to talk. I don't know what there's to say about them. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, Mulan. I heard Mushi's not going to be in it, which yeah, so I've heard me, but that's for another time. That Mulan trailer looks um, pretty, but like other than that, it looks way too serious. They're okay? they're taking out all of the good stuff serious. about Mulan. So, anyways, I just don't like these live action Disney movies. And Beauty and the Beast is amazing. It's not. It's not at yeah. all. It's wow. a very bad movie. Again, for another time. Uh, Frozen two. When does that come out? No idea. I haven't seen the first Frozen all the way through. That's fine. <laughs> I mean. At first she looked at me like I was no, like. I, thought, I just thought, okay, cool. When does. Uh, I'm probably not going to know the answer to this question. I was going to ask when the Joker comes out. Uh, I think it comes out in September, but don't quote me on Is it. Is it September or October? It must be one of those. It's one of those. It's not I think August. It's, I don't think so. Yeah, anyway. So we'll, we'll, uh, jury's out on August, but we the next one will be. Tarantino. 
okay. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, and wrapping up. Over and out. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wealth and fame he's ignored Action is his reward Look out, here comes the Spider-Man